Happy Friday to you and welcome to another Friday Five episode here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, ready to wrap up another week, ready to get into weekend mode because for me, it is a three-day weekend with a bunch of birthday celebrations, so I'm very excited about that. To start out at number one this week, I have a thing for news. I always have, probably yet another feature my parents installed in my programming as a child, but it has been difficult for me to parse the news lately. I have an article with tips on how to preserve your mental health during the current news cycle, and I know I needed this. I was actually blindsided the other day on Instagram, of all places, and I didn't expect that. The first tip on the list, choose news that does not involve pictures or videos. Now, again, when I was on Instagram, I was not looking for news. But if you look at news that doesn't involve pictures or videos, you'll have to either read or listen, but you won't have a potentially graphic visceral reaction. And you also won't have to stand in front of the television and fumble around for the remote if young kids are in the room. And another tip for TV news, especially news that tends to repeat in a later broadcast, watch it once and when the cycle starts to repeat, change the channel. Next tip, it's completely normal to feel depressed, anxious, or helpless about the situation that's going on in Ukraine. But if you can channel that energy into doing something helpful, like volunteering time or money, even if it's to a different cause, that can help ease that sense of frustration. Keep your self-care practices going, too, and increase frequency if you need to. Make sure you're getting enough sleep, exercise, Staying connected with friends and family and engaging in mindful meditation or prayer. And then as far as the social apps go, it's okay to mute certain channels or even unfollow them right now if you need to. In my case, Instagram served me the second photo of a carousel of photos, the first of which had a warning about the graphic content. And then when I did not interact with that, Instagram does what it always does, slide to the next photo in the carousel and put it in your feed again. So in the case of that particular account, I might have to unfollow them for a bit. I don't like having to do that, but that's what I will likely end up doing to prevent that situation from reoccurring. And that's perfectly okay. There's no rule that says once you follow an account, you have to keep following them. Remember that while you may want to keep up with everything that's going on, I know I certainly do, but there are still times when I've got to turn it off and unplug from it. Read something else. Do something else. Remember that it's all about balance, and sometimes we all need a little help finding that balance. And that sets us up quite well for number two on our list this week. When we think of mental health awareness and seeking out mental health, to be honest, I think we sometimes tend to forget that this is a wellness category that can benefit everyone, our kids, Gen Z, millennials, Gen X, even baby boomers on up. Recently, 
eHealth conducted a survey where they focused on Medicare-age respondents, asking about their mental health. They collected info from 3,800 Medicare-age consumers, so those age 65 and older, and published them in a report called Seniors Speak Out on Mental Health. These are just some takeaways from that survey. 72% of respondents agreed that mental health benefits were important in picking out a health insurance plan. However, only 39% of respondents to the survey could correctly identify that Medicare does provide mental health benefits. 39% of respondents said that the COVID-19 pandemic increased their feelings of isolation or loneliness. And then this one hit especially hard. Nearly one in six of those 3,800 respondents said that they had lost a loved one to COVID-19. So what do we do with that data? Well, we mentioned this a lot with cross-sales. Sometimes all you need to do is bring up the subject during your appointments. Talk to your clients about mental health benefits and their mental health. Ask the questions to uncover what it is your potential client is looking for in a plan. When you go over what plan benefits are offered in each plan you're presenting, include mental health benefits as a feature. In this particular study, 66% of respondents said they were willing to talk about mental health care just as much as other forms of care. There are many other statistics and takeaways in the study. Like I said, these are just a few that I found particularly interesting. As we move forward out of the pandemic, I think we're seeing that shift to prioritizing a focus on mental health. So it will be interesting where that new focus takes us and what we'll learn along the way. Number three, and also this week's editor's pick. It's looking more and more like the burn pits in Iraq are my generation's version of Agent Orange, and President Biden wants to learn more. This is one of four issues mentioned in his State of the Union speech last week. And it's also one very close to him personally, as his son Beau served in Iraq and was later diagnosed with brain cancer, dying at age 48. And there are many veterans who have served near burn pits in Iraq and Afghanistan, only to later be diagnosed with varying forms of cancer. There is a national burn pit registry, similar to the Agent Orange Exposure Registry, And Biden says that his administration is looking into the science behind possible exposure. The House recently passed legislation to improve VA health care and disability benefits for veterans exposed to those burn pits. That bill might face a challenge in the Senate with some Republicans claiming it's too expensive. But the Senate did recently pass a bill that extends the length of time combat veterans are guaranteed VA care. Definitely a story we will be keeping an eye on. Number four, Medicare Advantage risk adjustment has been featured in a lot of news articles lately, as comments on the advance notice for Medicare Advantage and Part D were due last Friday. 
Many of those comments were surrounding the proposed changes to how risk is determined for the two programs, specifically how that risk can be calculated for 2023. Now, I know when I first started reading about risk adjustment, I had trouble wrapping my head around it. When I was looking for news and updates on the subject, I came across a fantastic study from the Commonwealth Fund that is taking a deep dive into Medicare Advantage, and one of the articles happens to be on risk adjustment. They've got an infographic that gives a simple explanation of how risk adjustment works with two monetary examples. So essentially, the process begins with health plans and the data they collect on their members, including health diagnoses from the previous year. Health plans give that data to CMS. CMS then goes through the particulars of that data for key factors like those health diagnoses we mentioned, age, gender, disability status, Medicaid eligibility, and if they live in an institution. All of that data comes together to form a risk score for each member of each health plan. That risk score is a ratio that's relative to a baseline that CMS sets for an average Medicare beneficiary. And I'll use the example from the article here. We'll say that the baseline monthly payment for a particular plan is $1,000. Their example is that a 77-year-old woman with diabetes and congestive heart failure has a risk score of 1.344. The monthly payment for that woman would be $1,344. But say we've got a 65-year-old man with no chronic conditions. We'll give him a risk score of 0.4. His monthly payment would be $400. So the monthly payment is relative to the risk score for that member and that baseline monthly payment for the plan. And each year, CMS evaluates the data and adjusts monthly payments to make sure there's an adequate cover of payment for the risk associated with insuring those individuals. The problem right now is that the data is largely skewed because of the pandemic and for more than just one reason. Obviously, COVID-19 threw a wrench in a lot of things, including access to care. But at the end of the day, you don't want a risk adjustment that's off by too much either way because it throws the whole system out of whack. There is some commentary in the article and others in the series. It's designed to be a study into the Medicare Advantage program, though, identifying the current challenges and future opportunities. It is definitely worth reading through all of those articles, so we will be linking to that in our notes. In addition to the deep dive on risk adjustment, there's a section on payment, choice, and quality so far, with entries on benefits and special needs plans to come. Number five, if you are a Substack fan, you'll be excited to hear that there is now an official Substack app for iOS, and there's an Android version coming soon. Substack is where many writers have found a home for their work, away from the search engines and algorithms. It's a place where anyone can create a newsletter, publish it, and essentially have more control and connection with their audience. Content can be monetized or not, 
And the thought was originally for Substack to be a place where journalists would flock to as local newsrooms shut down. I'm not sure if that's exactly what's happened, but there are some pretty good newsletters out there on a variety of subjects. Many old-time bloggers have picked up their figurative pens again on Substack. And now, it's an app that lets you sift through your subscriptions all in one place, kind of like Bloglovin' back in the day. We will have the link to learn more in the notes, the link to the iOS app, as well as the link to the waitlist for our Android friends. Rupel recommends. Not too much to say for this week in the way of recommendations, other than tonight we are watching Turning Red, and if we had a Panda Express around us, well, we'd probably have that for takeout because they've got a fun movie tie-in meal, but we do not, so we'll have to pick something else up. That, of course, is after a Target run, because as I said earlier in the open, we are celebrating a whole bunch of birthdays this weekend. I am still on the lookout for the Little Debbie ice cream. I haven't been able to find that in stores anywhere around me yet. But I did manage to stumble on Coca-Cola Starlight last weekend, which was interesting, to say the least. I picked up a case, mainly because I thought the design was cool. And reading reviews on the taste of Starlight is quite humorous. I highly recommend it. Because the internet collectively wondered what in the world Starlight was supposed to taste like and same. So our lovely editor, Tina, wrote a note on this section asking me what I thought Coke Starlight tasted like. And I don't want to spoil it for you before you taste it, but if you want to find out what I thought and how I responded, you'll have to check my Instagram. You can find me at the Sarah J. Rupel, no spaces, or just scroll down the episode notes to the social links and you'll find the link there. That is all we have for you this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. 